Welcome to The Whole View. I'm Stacey Toth of realeverything.com. I'm all about loving the skin you're in and being healthy inside and out. And I'm Dr. Sarah Ballantyne of thepaleomom.com. I believe that scientific literacy is the key to improving public health. Welcome back to episode 422 of The Whole View, whereby it's upside down world and Stacey's <laughs> going to lead conversation. Um, These are my favorite episodes, by the way. I love them. Oh, well, that's I, nice, except I know that that's because it's a lot easier for you. It's less work yeah. for you. But I mean, selfishly, I love them because it, it they, they're less work for me. Yes. Yeah, you, you that's, still that's have logical. to. You still did science notes. We're still gonna have <laughs> listeners. Don't you worry. We're still gonna have good science <laughs> for you. But I have exciting update on toxins and personal care products, and I want to share good news. I feel like in everything that's happening in 2020, celebrating the good news is very important. Yes. So, um, this year I mentioned earlier. Gosh, I think it must have been January or February. It feels like before quarantine, but still in 2020. But who knows that there was um, an actual hearing that moved progress at a federal level, but it just kind of is sitting in committee. And that's what happens. You know, I think I mentioned talking about um, how a bill is made by the the guy, what's that song? I don't know. I think I'm I told you to watch that video. Bill yes, <laughs> up on Capitol Hill. Yes. Yeah, that one. Schoolhouse rocks. Yeah. Yes, schoolhouse rocks. And I was that's how like... I studied for my civics exam to become a citizen. <laughs> that's that's actually a joke. I didn't actually do that. Quality but material. I wish it was true. I wish it was true because it would be <laughs> awesome. Well, but you already knew the song, so I mean, there technically, we go. it was educational material, but. As we mentioned at that time, and as the song indicates, it takes a long time for any progress to be made at a federal level. And so the good news that I have today is two bills that are passed and sitting on the governor's desk in California. And um, while it's not signed and in action, I think we all recognize California's got some things going on right now that are taking yeah. priority. A few for little the distractions. Yeah, yeah, just major... <sighs> Major hey, catastrophes. And to our West Coast listeners, like, pause as we just say, like, we are thinking about you. We hope you're safe. Um, and just like, we know this is a lot and it feels like a lot on top of a year that's already been a lot. And um, just know that you are all on all of our minds. I'm going to speak for all of our listeners <laughs> who are not in your region. Uh, take care. Yes, absolutely. California, Oregon, and now I think the smoke is going up to Washington. So mm -hmm. it's um, so on the west coast of Canada. Like my family can't, my family are indoors um, on Vancouver Island because of the smoke. Like it's, have you seen the satellite images? This is a total tangent. <laughs> have you seen the satellite images? I haven't. I've, I mean, I've seen some images, but I'm also uh, for a little protection of mental health, not consuming too much of that content it's just it's overwhelming and, and very hard for me you know I have a lot of family and like yeah. very good friends who are who are impacted so yeah. it's a little bit harder for me to dissociate yeah yeah 
I do also want to mention that while we're going to be talking about safer products, um, I am personally donating half of my commission this month to support um, specifically the uh, kitchen endeavors. So there's a partnership um, Sarah, Chef Gregory actually is contributing meals to those who've been displaced by the California wildfires. Um, and I chose that um, fundraiser, so to speak, as a um, effort that I'm going to be donating to anyone who purchases Beauty Counter from me this month. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different brands and I'm not forcing anybody to make any decisions, but I do want to say I just, I have such um hard time with the idea of everything that is going on mm. in the world from, you know, global pandemic to the world being on fire to civil rights movements. Like the way that I kind of emotionally handle that is, is giving as much as I can of time or money or that sort of thing. So I am doing a fundraiser for that. Um, and I'll put a couple of, um, links and coupon codes and different kinds of things in the show notes if you're interested in that. But I wanted to just say like, Super cool. Not just my heart, but my I'm I'm trying to do what I can um from afar and um gosh, it's just it's terrible what is twenty twenty period. It's terrible, comma, twenty twenty period. <laughs> um anyway, the good news is that California represents one sixth of the United States economy and Passing laws in California means that um, businesses who want to do business there, which it's a significant chunk of our economy, have to abide by those rules. And where we might see um, someone come up with two formulas, like we've mentioned in Europe, you can actually buy the same quote unquote product, but it's a completely different formula from the ingredients that they use because the EU bans many more than the US. Um, it's actually two different products. So we might we might have some brands that decide to do that. But for the most part, when I say that these bills are passed and awaiting approval in California, it means that um, we as United States uh, consumers of those materials will most likely benefit from almost all products, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. where it's a California bill and it's not done at a federal level, um, these things are incredible for the benefits of everybody. And that has been, you know, it's so important to me and my mission over the past few years. And honestly, I didn't know if or when we might see progress. So seeing both of these come up in the last few months has just been like an incredible positive lift. So I want to talk a little bit about both of what they are and what it means to everybody. And I know, Sarah, you have some science on relativity to that. If this is your first time tuning in and hearing us talk about um, toxins in either beauty products or actually they're called personal care products. um, And that encompasses things like deodorant and toothpaste, as well as cosmetics. Um, Sometimes they're just all grouped under cosmetics, even though, you know, like men wouldn't consider what they use cosmetics, but technically that's what the the language encompasses. So all of that we've talked about several times before, and we've put some links in the show notes to previous episodes if you want to listen to them, um, including some safer cleaning products. We talked about 
house plants that can help detoxify um, the air quality for you. And all of them always include scientific references. So we promise it will be helpful, uh, helpful and useful information for you. So um, I have good news and bad news on on these um, bills. So the first one is the Safer Fragrance Bill. And if you want to look it up, you would, um, well, of course, our show notes have information for you, but you would look up SB312. And this is the, like, the first major step towards closing the fragrance loophole. And you've heard us talk about the fragrance loophole here before. Um, And I think, Sarah, you gave, I always think of you, actually, when I hear about the fragrance loophole, because you gave an example of a product that you looked into and you thought was safe, and it had an allergen for you that caused a severe reaction that Uh wasn't disclosed. Um, So when we think about the fragrance loophole, it's not just the, the toxic ingredients that can be in there. It's also that ingredients for people with allergens who are trying to avoid things that could cause them personally harm don't know what's in it because it's literally all hidden under a category called fragrance. So in general, a brand can say that something is proprietary or trademarked as part of their um, formula and put it all under the word fragrance. So for me, when I'm shopping um, any sort of product, house, personal care, whatever. If the word fragrance is on it, I'm out. Because I don't know. Even if a brand says, oh, no. Natural. It's just, yes, or, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, then why isn't that the word that you used, right? Like, why? I don't know what you've put here. And you don't have to tell me what you've put. So I I avoid it. Um, so currently, those are kept under secret by international trade secret laws. And the California legislature is requiring companies to report the fragrant, fragrance ingredients that have been deemed hazardous by um, federal government laws, including, because it's in California, Prop 65, um, or could be potential allergens. So while you might still see fragrance and not know exactly what's in some of them, the law is requiring that anything that's been been deemed ha- hazardous at all in America, including Prop 65, which covers, like, I don't know if anybody's ever been to California, but pretty much anything that you pick up says, like, well, this I, is harmful. I remember I was shopping for sleeping bags, of all things. This was, like, in the olden days when you went into stores. And um, and it was, you know, for a kid sleeping sleepover and I was like okay we're just you know we're in the the cheap sleeping bag aisle and I started looking at them and they all had I like ended up buying the only one that didn't have a prop 65 warning and I was like what is in sleeping bags that is triggering a prop 65 warning um yeah well yes flame retardant (laughs) is probably it so I bought the flammable sleeping bag for my kid um but it it was really that was pretty early on after prop 65 was approved and um i actually think that if you're if you're uh, a label reader um and i i realize that it, it's once you get really into like these are the things i get you stop reading the labels so you probably are only reading labels when you're looking for a new thing that's not in your normal repertoire but um but it was really eye-opening when i was like reading sleeping bag labels and started seeing Prop 65 warning. So they really, they're, they're everywhere. And I think it's exactly why these California bills are such good news for the whole rest of the country 
is that it's for most companies, it's just simpler to adjust their product to meet California's regulations and just have the same product sold nationally rather than having two different versions for the two different markets, California and rest of America. Yes. And because there will be a website, so this is like, it's a little more work, but what's great is if you're looking, you can figure it out right now, unless you send something off to third party testing, you have no idea, right? So they will have a website to put the information from those products um, to learn more about avoiding those hazardous, um, those classified as hazardous. Mm-hmm. If it's disclosed on the label in California, it will have to be on their California Safe Cosmetics website. So you as a consumer, if you're picking something up and it says fragrance, you could then go to that website and see what would be disclosed on that product. So is it ideal in full transparency like in the brands that you and I like to use? No. <laughs> but So it does. it won't have to be on the label? It'll just have to be on the website? Um, so I think that it's requiring them to report the ingredients. So I think that it'll have to have a Prop 65 warning on it. Um, and then you would go to like the website to see what's in it from an, oh, a toxin yeah, okay. or an allergen perspective. So it's, it's the classic one or more ingredient in this product is blah, 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 Prop yes. 65, blah, blah, yes, blah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it kind of like falls in line with what California is already doing in a lot of other areas. And it's finally bringing in this class of products that have been exempt for so long, if that makes sense. So um, I do want to take a moment to mention some brands that we both use that do not include fragrance. And I'm using quotation marks when I say that because they, they are all scented, (laughs) but they're scented from a natural perspective, either from the ingredients that are in them or from um, other intentional ingredients. So for me, the brands that um, I have come to use and trust our Beauty Counter, Primally Pure, Herbivore, although I only use like three or four ingredient, uh, three or four items. I don't know their full spectrum, but I have, I'm pretty sure they're fragrance free. And then I actually use a perfume brand called Henry Rose, which is the first EWG verified fragrance free perfume. <laughs> I know that's quite yeah. confusing, but um, what about you, Sarah? Um, I have two, like, I would say, uh, 95% of the things that I use are from two different companies, um, Alatura Naturals and Amory Skincare. Um, and they're both, um, they, I would call them both, uh, sophisticated crunchy, um, would be my, <laughs> my go-to description. So they're using, you know, science-backed ingredients that are really well known to improve the health of skin. Um, they, they use a lot of like plant extracts, natural clays, um, and, uh, there is not a single ingredient on any of their labels that is like a wonky chemical at all. So, um, those are, those are my go-tos, um, that my skin has just really, uh, really responded to. I think that's one of the interesting things about, about skincare is, um, there is a bioindividuality. And I know that Stacy, like, I know you've got, um, the brands that your skin like super responds to, and I've got the brands that my skin super responds to. And that's why we like sharing the repertoire with our, um, audience. Um, and there's other, there's other companies that are doing great work that are keeping their, their products super clean. Um, and, and a lot of, I think 
you know, small companies that are being super, um, having super high standards in terms of how they source their ingredients. I think Beauty Counter is, is really the standout as a big company that's doing that. Um, but uh, so just because you're might be using something that isn't one of the things that we mentioned, like that doesn't mean it's bad is what I'm trying to tell our listeners right now. Um, but these are our favorites. But just like any food that you would consume, just be consistent in reading the label every time. Mm-hmm. And because there are some brands in food and personal care and everything where the formula changes and you're not notified about it, right? So every time, make sure that you're reading the ingredients. And um, in the case of personal care, it's very confusing. So you can always like look up things. I I mentioned EWG, that's the Environmental Working Group, um, and they have a skin deep database where you can actually take a picture and scan um, the what is it? UPC code? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, the barcode. Yes, the, the barcode, barcode of an item. And if it's like a larger brand, um, it'll come up of what is in it that is either concerning or not concerning and give you a general rating. Um, and like Sarah said, Beauty Counter is the one that is kind of the mainstream. I mean, you can find them in Sephora. I would love for you to shop with me um, just because it helps our family. But if you wanted to, for example, check them out, they're actually doing a pop-up in Sephora today. So you could, until I think the end of October um, 2020, go into a store and look at products and try them out, which is not necessarily the case with any of the other um, more crunchy or up and coming or however we want to refer to some of the other brands that we mentioned. And I I do call them out because they're also um, leading and paving the way in a lot of this legislature. Like it was their lobbying efforts that helped bring some, a portion of this to fruition. Would it have happened on its own? I'm sure probably, but um, not, I don't know at the pace that it did or to the degree that it did and all that kind of stuff. And it is the reason that I am so passionate about it is I have a background in federal regulation. That was my entire career for 20 years. So I love getting into um, the legal and the regulation aspects of this, the advocacy and the mission. And that's something I've been able to do with that brand to test everything and is providing that information for other brands to use. So for example, you know, a lot of the other brands are able to determine the safety of an ingredient because testing is being done by um either beauty counter or other brands that are doing kind of safety testing and putting it out there, um, which is great, but I would love to see the government do that. (laughs) Don't we want the government to know if something is safe and if it's been tested and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, So the, the kind of good news, bad news on all of this is that um, it will of course take companies time to implement these things and to, you know, figure out, how to be compliant and to update their labels and all that kind of stuff. So we can expect expect to see this implemented by January 2022. So in, you know, a little over two years, which isn't that long, actually. Um, No, that's it's September. Yeah. That's like 15 months. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. <laughs> like in, I know, in a world where math doesn't work. I know. Time, well, time doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Let's 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 just be honest. Time is time is crazy now. The other law, which I'm actually like even more excited. Well, I don't know that I can be more excited. They're they're both wonderful. Um, <laughs> I can't pick a favorite. I, I love you both equally. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
This one, because it is much more complex for the makers of personal care products, won't go into effect until 2025. So the Toxic Free Cosmetic Act is the first in the United States since 1938. Let me repeat that. 1938 (laughs) to ban some additional ingredients. And we're talking about 12 of the worst offenders frequently found in personal care products. So all of the brands that we mentioned, these would not be in any of them. Um, And what it's going to do is spur companies to reformulate to remove these harmful products and um, bring safer products to the U.S. market. And I will say a lot of the brands that are name brand in department stores, at Sephora and all that kind of stuff, they already have formulas in Europe without these products, without these ingredients. So um, we'll probably just start getting the European formula on a lot of these. But, you know, if it's an American brand, they're going to need to completely reformulate. So um, there are... 11 currently banned under the 1938 law. I don't know all of them, but I know like coal tar is one of them. So obviously that's not something that's used every day, but all these other ingredients and I'll, I'll list off the names and we'll go through some of the science on them in a bit, but there's 12 of them and they are, um, in almost everything. (laughs) Like unless it says, for example, phthalate free, and we are, we've already mentioned that that doesn't really mean anything from a federal label perspective. But let's just say they were being truthful and it's phthalate-free. Um, it, it, it contains it. For, for example, phthalate is a binder in fragrance. So when you see fragrance, although you might not see phthalates on the label or any of the ingredients, if it says fragrance on the label, um, per that loophole, Phthalate is the binder that makes fragrance stick. So if you put on perfume and by the end of the day, you can still smell it on something, um, it's most likely a phthalate that made that stick to you or your clothes or whatever it is. So these 12 worst offenders are incredible that we're removing them because they are very common um, in personal care and cosmetics. But like I said, the downside of that is because it's going to require reformulation for a lot of brands selling to one-sixth of our economy, it is going to take them time to do that. So it won't go into effect until 2025. The hope is obviously that we would see um, those companies just do it throughout the U.S., but you do need to be aware that perhaps companies might sell one formula to California and another formula to the rest of the country. Womp womp. (laughs) Like we'll just need to see what happens in a few years. But it is huge news and you guys helped make this a reality. I know many of you have um, like texted Better Beauty to uh, I have it listed here 52886 and that is I did it. Well, and do it again, right? Because it it updates based on what's going on. Uh, I think they I think they update it quarterly so that the letter changes a little bit when it goes to the legislatures in your area. So essentially, you just put in your name and your address, and based on your zip code, it pulls up all of your lawmakers, and then it will send a letter asking that they support um, regulation for safer um, 
changes to be made to the industry. So um, I also mentioned EWG. I'll put a link to all of those things in the show notes. Um, I also want to mention that there's this really cool study going on in California. So if you are in California, you can still take part of this. They're taking up to 600 people. And as of this morning, it is still open. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but um, it's essentially looking at not just toxins in general that people are using and the impact of it, but they're specifically seeking to quantify the disproportionate effects of toxins for women of color. So Mm. no matter like who you are, all the criteria is, is that you're in California. And then it's about a 20 minute survey. And I think they'll probably follow up with you in ongoing studies, but um, it's going to try to measure the products that you use and your toxins and um, then quantify what we know to be true, which is that there are racial disparities in personal care products. And that is something that I think we've talked briefly on this show before about Um, in my mentioning, there was a study that came out. I think 2019, about a higher rate of cancer in women who use chemical treatments for their hair. So, and particularly, it's hair dye and hair relaxers or other chemical treatments in hair. And that disproportionately affects women of color who use a lot of treatments on their hair. And so there's a higher rate of cancer as a result of that, like significantly. I don't, I, I don't have the numbers in front of us. I know we mentioned it on the show before, but I think it was like you know, 60% versus 15%. Like, you know, it was, it was quite significant. So it's still very concerning. But I, I want to specifically call out that, you know, women of color or people of color in general, because it's not just women who use these products, are, there are many studies, several studies, showing that there's a higher exposure to these pollutants and toxins. Um, so we're talking, you know, indoor pollutants from the products that are marketed to them to allergens, pesticides. Um, And in addition, the cosmetic products that are marketed to women of color, such as skin lighteners, dyes and hair relaxers, um, nail polish, which um, you can choose a safer one, but it's not commonly found, um, contain some of the most concerning chemicals used in cosmetics. So those in particular are going to be that list that we're going to talk about, the worst offenders list, like mm-hmm. all of those, formaldehyde, like though that's where those products are, are living. And they're, they're known hormone disruptors and carcinogens, which I know we're, we're going to talk about. So um, it is, it is truly incredible to me that we're in the year 2020 and we know that there are there are marketing techniques that are marketing products that we know are more toxic and unsafe um, to women of color and it's it's still happening today and it's it's not okay and I'm grateful to have found this study who's looking to quantify it because we have information that we can point to about the type of ingredients that are in certain products. And we can look at studies that show, um, for example, a higher rate of cancer or um, a higher rate of um, lupus, for example. But until we 
know exactly like what's in those products and we study what's in people's blood and we can show what's happening, it's hard to do that because there is yeah. no regulation and, and no way to manage it. Um, I'm going to pause for a second because I'm not used to leading the conversation and I'm like, and Sarah, do you have anything you want to say? <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's, I feel like, um, I feel very, it triggers that, uh, the, I don't know, the, the sense of, of fairness piece of me to think that, um, these are products that are marketed at women of color, not to make their hair healthier or make their skin healthier, um, Right. It, they're not, they're not just personal care products that are, um, designed for a person of colors, different texture hair, or, you know, the extra melanin in the skin, right? It, it's not that they're designed to be specifically nourishing. They're products that are designed to, um, like lighten the skin, straighten the hair. They're, they're all like, they're, they're almost the complete opposite yeah, of the racial implications the, of the products themselves. Yeah. yeah. The, it's, 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 um, yeah. Like the, the, the products themselves have a, uh, uh, you know, you don't look right type message behind them, which I just think is so wrong. So fundamentally, um, terrible, and I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say that any person of color who loves the way they look when they use those products is, you know, it shouldn't feel that way, right? Like, obviously, if you love your hair when it's had that treatment, then that's, that's wonderful. I just feel like the predatory marketing is so problematic, especially when those are the compounds like they're literally relying on these super you know and you're right like most of these these products that are banned are really strong endocrine disruptors and or carcinogenic and they're they're rely on those chemicals in order for the product to do its thing it's not like they're in there um because it's a cheap way to do something well it is a cheap way to do something but they're they're part of the chemistry of those products right and um, and that's why giving the companies so long to reformulate is going to be really important because they need to find alternative chemicals that are not equally toxic. And that that's going to be the big thing is like, okay, what, what do companies go to for that chemistry now that these 12 chemicals are going to be, you know, banned, at least in California. Um, but I just, I feel like, you know, as we're talking about racial disparities, um, and there's certainly, there's certainly studies that have got that have tried to correlate right hair dye use and hair relaxer use with increased risks of cancers, and the idea behind them is its exposure to these chemicals. There is some science that is forming that groundwork, but we we need to a know more and b like we don't need to know more. We just need to stop it. Like it's just it's not okay to um, to market products this way. And it's not okay to rely on these toxic chemicals to, to think that it's okay to be it, like people of color are already 
disproportionately impacted by environmental pollutants, right, are more likely to have uh, lead in their tap water. Like, it, it's there's already so much systemic racism and injustice that's impacting these communities. Like, it's just another layer on top of that. Oh, and by the way, you know, these hair care products that are marketed specifically for you are the most toxic hair care products. Like, it, it really is triggering my, um, my, uh, like just sense of, of justice. fairness yes. and justice yeah. that I, I laugh at when my 10 year old gets really indignant. Cause she just, <laughs> she goes, oh, that's not fair. And like, she means like big life things are not fair. Yeah. Not like my sister got an extra cookie, not fair. Um, and, and I we look are, at her and I, by the way, we are mind meld, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the same way. I bet she's an Enneagram well, eight. I I am too though, and I think that when I I look at it because it's always so funny because she she's just so exuberant about the I mean we keep telling her that she she would be an excellent you know politician or judge like she's she's got that um, that real um, just just instinct that uh, equality is. Um, essential right like it's just it's it's through and through her and and it's so funny when she gets really like worked up because I I realize that she's like outwardly expressing the thing that I inwardly feel and I'm not as um eloquent at expressing I mean she's very like um uh, I would say her amig I usually say I was like I think your amygdala is talking right now because she gets very like just just guttural in her expressions like she's like um that's how I feel um I don't have better words than her her amygdala speak um it's it it just to me it's very um it's just yet it's just another another piece of this um systemic racism puzzle that needs to be addressed and I am really you know happy to see California wrapping this into their prop 65 warnings. And, um, I just, the, the skeptic in me is wondering if, um, when companies do reformulate, like banning 12 chemicals is a great place to start, but how many are banned in the European union that are allowed here? Like 1500 or something? Um, I think it's like, 1200 in Europe and 585 in Canada, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, what I'm, what I'm worried is that these companies are just going to go to one of those other 500 chemicals that are also bad. Um, and it's just going to be like trading one bad thing for another bad thing. That's, that's the, the skeptic in me is, is, yeah, like, well, way, let's see if there's behind. real change. Yeah. But progress is progress and we're focusing on the good. Okay. Okay. Positive. <laughs> positive. Think positive. No, yes. I, I'm glad that you pointed out a lot of the things that you did because even at very small amounts of some of these chemicals. So, for example, we've talked about asbestos in talc powder before. Um, we know that it can have in incredible harmful results for health. And mm. we've seen disclosure in public... Um, cases you you can like look it up online from Johnson and Johnson that knowingly had asbestos and marketed intentionally to people of color and those kinds of things build up into we see a dramatic um, 
harmful effect in people of color from, like you said, environmental factors as well as these personal care products. So an example would be lupus, which is caused by environmental factors as well as genetic susceptibility. And we, I'll put a link in the show notes to a study that was done linking to an increasing onset and severity of the disease because Asian Americans, Hispanic, Native Americans, African American women are diagnosed with lupus two to three times more than Caucasian women. And so, you know, when we look at that, we're like, what is happening that that is such a disparity? And we can point to a lot of the products that you referenced, Sarah, like the, um, relaxers for hair or um, skin lighteners as as being so much more harmful than just a, a face lotion or something like that in terms of their toxic load. So there are also a lot of um, these ingredients that lead to hormone disruption. So we see things like estrogen and progesterone being affected. Mm -hmm. We see early onset of puberty, which then has its own effects, such as um, increased risk of breast cancer, right? So it's like, it's a snowball effect of how early are you exposed? How much are you exposed? What are the type of products and ingredients you are being exposed to, to quantify the problem, not just to say, is there a problem? (laughs) Like there is a problem across the board for everybody because we don't have the safety regulations that we need, but we see that it's extreme on that side. I will say, because we're keeping it positive before we before we jump into um, what How these ingredients are these exactly are. <laughs> exactly before we quantify the extreme problems of these uh, dozen ingredients, we have seen um, specifically in a study a couple of years ago where they measured kind of like the study that I mentioned in California is I think this is where they're kind of going with it, but they're gonna um, make it specifically about. Um, women of color and not, right? But we've seen in this study that they looked at teenage girls who volunteered for the study and they tested the chemicals in their urine. And then they they asked them to change their products that they were using and tested just three days later. And there was significant reduction in the concentration of these toxic chemicals in their body. Oh, that's good news. Just three days. Yay, liver and kidneys. Yay. So while we do see that, you know, Exposure in small amounts can lead to these problems that we're going to talk about. And you might be thinking to yourself, like, oh, my gosh, what have I been using or what have my kids been using? And, you know, it's it's too late. And I don't I can't speak to anyone's specific health. First of all, we're not medical doctors, but even medical doctors can't say, oh, because you were exposed to this this one time, you're going to have this result. What I can say is that you can significantly reduce your toxic load and increase, you know, your health and the the chances that your body has to recover and fight those things by removing the chemicals. Um, and we know because we've seen a, a scientific study measuring those that it is effective. So, before we jump into like all this badness, <laughs> just <laughs> remind yourself, okay, you know what? I'm going to go into my cabinets. I'm going to find anything with the word fragrance and I'm going to throw it away. I'm not going to donate it because I don't want anybody to have it. I'm just going to recycle the container and uh, be done with that. Um, 
or whatever choice you choose to make. But as always, we don't want you to look back on something that you've done or something that you've used or something that you gifted, you know, a child and and be worrying or having guilt or whatever that is. That doesn't do anybody any good. We can only focus on what we can do going forward and being aware, which is why we provide education. And I just want to, you know, reiterate, it's not too late. It's never too late to text Better Beauty to 52886 and to get your lawmakers to be aware that you want them to support these when they come up. So um, there's also stuff going on in Canada, by the way, Sarah, I wanted to make sure to call that out. There's something called SEPA reform, which is the Canadian Environmental Protection Act. And um, if you are in Canada, we'll put a link in the show notes, you can actually sign a petition asking Parliament to pass legislation that kind of strengthens SEPA, which already exists, um, through banning harmful ingredients, encouraging transparency, protecting vulnerable populations, all the other things that we've been talking about is is happening in Canada right now as well. So while texting um, that number is a U.S. number, if you are in Canada, you can do something too. And we'll put a link in the show notes, I assume. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Will we? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. It's our, yeah. Excellent. It's there. It's in the show notes. So we'll, I'm sure it's, it'll get there. It's already there. <laughs> <laughs> it's already there. It's already there. So um, maybe we could just kind of uh wrap on a down note sorry friends but I do (laughs) I do want to talk you know just at least some about what these particular ingredients are and why California would choose to ban these you know as as we look at the quote-unquote worst offenders like what are they and why yeah so I I think what California is has done is really uh, focus in on the dozen chemicals that have the strongest body of scientific literature to support harm to human health. Um, and it makes sense from a policy perspective to focus on, you know, the chemicals that if you're paying any attention to the science, it's it's really unequivocal how harmful they are. Like there, it's, you know, we understand that they're, um, that no exposure is a safe amount of exposure for these 12 chemicals. Um, And so they really fall under actually, it's not necessarily 12 individual chemicals. um, It's a few different collections of highly related chemicals. So the first um, four that they are banning are all different forms of formaldehyde. So there it's actual formaldehyde, paraformaldehyde, methylene glycol, and quartz. Uh, quaternium 15. Um, and those are, they're basically all just highly related and they're all formaldehydes. Um, and formaldehyde has been understood to be a human carcinogen uh, for approximately forever. It's, I mean, it's a very well understood um, carcinogen. And, um, and it's also like on top of that, it's a irritant, especially to skin, eye, and lung. So it's awesome that they are in, uh, in um, products that you would put on your skin or your eye, it's in mascara, eyelash glues, eyeshadows, actually in just about any type of um, makeup that has color. So it's also in like blush, for example. Um, It's in hair uh, straighteners and keratin treatments. It's in nail polish, nail treatments, nail hardeners. And it's in like shampoos, soaps, lotions, deodorants. I mean, it's, it's in things that are not just what you would directly apply to your skin or to your eyelids. Um, but that would also say be applied 
in the shower where there's steam. And so you're actually breathing in some of the chemical as well. And, and so there's multiple routes for absorption into the body with formaldehyde, um, which is another reason why it is so problematic um, as a very, you know, well-established carcinogen, which means cancer causing. Um, so of, a carcinogen is. I was going to say, I always think of Mary Louise Parker with formaldehyde because she did a keratin hair straightener and all of her hair fell out. And she, I don't know if she tried to sue or what it was, but she brought to light um, th- how much of a problem it was. But it makes me also kind of, I just want to point out that one of the reasons that um, women of color are disproportionately affected by this is because oftentimes um, the higher exposure is from working. So if you're working in a salon mm. um, or a house cleaner, it's also in cleaning products, but um, you know, nail polish or hair salon, the fumes that you smell when you can't avoid that is yeah. it is in those fumes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just was like No, that's thinking of Mary Louise Parker with her like balding head and <laughs> Um that's just Do you know who she is? Is that a cultural no, reference you get? That's a cultural reference I do not get. Okay, she so... is she was in Fred Green Tomatoes. I feel like you might okay. get that reference. Yes. She was like the main character in Fred Green Tomatoes. Um and she was also in the show Weeds as uh-huh. kind of okay. her leading i have i have a visual i got her i got her um all right you know what other chemical is banned i just want to say like this is crazy that this isn't banned already (laughs) mercury like the heavy metal mercury like i i don't know how many times we've sort of talked about mercury in the context of seafood right so like there's the super awareness of um, mercury and seafood and why we need to pick seafood that has more selenium. Like, and we've talked about it as being like, it's actually the selenium in seafood, um, because there's more selenium than mercury. The selenium binds to the mercury in seafood, which helps protect it from being absorbed into your body. And then the extra selenium you get from eating seafood protects you from mercury exposure from other places. And I've, I think I've used that phrase like mm, approximately 700 times in various, you know, presentations, um, you know, like uh, online courses on this podcast, right? Protects you from mercury exposure from other places. And uh, one of those places is in personal care products, which is crazy. Uh, Mercury is a neurotoxin. Um, The phrase mad as a hatter comes from hat makers in the 20th century. No, not 20th, 19th century. Um, It was mercury was used in the um, treatment of felt. And so you can actually get these old like top hats that uh, you can't even touch now because there's so much like mercury in them that it can be absorbed into your skin. And so like, if you have like an oldie timey, like antique top hat, like don't, I mean, I know all of our listeners have antique top hats just hanging out in their homes. (laughs) Um, don't touch it because it's, it's coated in mercury. Um, but it was literally, it made the people who worked in hat factories and even that, that hatters that would have been like making the super, super, schmancy hats for British aristocracy or whatever, um, they would go crazy over time because what mercury does in the brain is it binds with a bunch of different proteins that are selenium based irreversibly renders those proteins inactive. And those proteins in our brain, their main job is to protect the brain from, uh, oxygen radicals. Um, so there are all these really important antioxidants 
But mercury can also damage the kidneys and the lungs, so it can cause kidney failure, um, just as another, you know, another thing for mercury to do. And it is in uh, a lot of anti-aging products, crazy, in uh, blemish um, treatments, crazy, in skin lightening and skin whitening products. Um, Those are the things that are most likely to have mercury. Mercury, heavy metal, mercury. In We have to, like now, in 2020, not effective till January 2022, we are banning mercury. 2025, actually. Oh, 2025. This is the reformulation. Yep. Great. Yep. And just in California. So let's let's be clear. All these things that we're talking about are currently in the mainstream items that you might be using today. So that's why we're encouraging you to double check them. And, you know, if you'd like help figuring out how to avoid them, I'd be happy to help point you to some better stuff. Um, But it's going to be around for at least 2025 or outside of California, even after that. Uh, So the other, the next two chemicals are both what you already mentioned was phthalates. Did you already mention phthalates? No, you mentioned parabens. We'll get to parabens. Yeah. Um, I was talking about phthalates as a binder. Yeah. Oh, the the phthalates. Phthalates. I know. Um, because that's uh, I just two sounds we normally put together. Yeah. Um, technically, they are supposed to be phthal- they're, they're phthalates. You could kind of you you roll right over the ph and go straight to the th, but you are supposed to pronounce both of those sounds. Anyways, that's a that's just a pronunciation challenge for for me on a podcast. Um, I wonder how many of our listeners are trying to say phthalates right now. Um. If you are, if I just caught you and you are talking out loud to yourself and trying to say phthalates, you are my best friend. (laughs) And I think that's great. Um, So phthalates are one of the compounds that are in plastics um, that are, you know, we're trying to get out BPA. We're trying to get out phthalates. Like they're, um, they're something that's sort of been well understood to be endocrine disruptors. And they can be easily absorbed through the skin. They can be absorbed through inhalation. Um, obviously, if you're, you know, eating a food from a plastic container where that plastic has has phthalates, especially if that food's been heated in the plastic container, like you threw it in the microwave or whatever, um, you're, you can obviously get it uh, through the oral route as well. Um, so there's two phthalates in particular um, that are are being banned in this um in this new law that hopefully Governor Newsom will sign very, very soon. Uh, dibutyl phthalate and diethylhexyl phthalate. Oh, that's getting hard to say. Um, and so these are some of the best understood. So dibutyl phthalate is, um, it's, it's such a strong endocrine disruptor that it has been shown to be a developmental, a developmental toxicant, um, which means it's toxic to a developing fetus. Um, and it's been specifically shown to actually harm the male reproductive system, um, and even cause early puberty in boys and other like harmful changes to the reproductive system. Uh, diethylhexophthalate harms, uh, also the reproductive system, uh, also developmental toxicant, um, and it's also classified as possibly carcinogenic by the International Agency for Research on Cancer. Um, these phthalates are in a lot of fragranced household products. So uh, basically things that smell probably have them, um, as you mentioned, as a binder for, for fragrance. So they're in like air fresheners, scented toilet paper, which 
I, you're just about to flush it. Why? Why? I don't understand. Um, I used to buy scented trash bags, and I, I'm like, really? Oh, those why? are obnoxious. Why are we? Buy- why? Why? Do you know what I do? Stop. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're in dish soap. They're in nail polish and nail treatments. They're in hairspray and other hair care products. They're in um, any cosmetic that has color. Isn't that crazy? That's like makeup. That just means makeup. They're in makeup. Yeah. Um, they're in uh, fragranced lotions. They're in body washes. They're, I mean, did we just say everything that exists? So I would say some of these are more more concerning to me, especially because as you mentioned, when you're taking a shower, if it's in your body wash, for example, you're steaming and you're inhaling it into your lungs, which is absorbed at a different rate than like through the skin. We've talked about that before. But um, if you are, if you are a person who loves perfume and you're like having a hard time letting go of it, kind of like we say, like you're able to change your diet and lifestyle, but you just have like that one thing that you can't let go of. I know a lot of people just really love perfume. What I would ask of you is to put it on your clothes and then wear your clothes instead of like putting it on your mm. skin. Um, there, you know, just be aware if, if you are going to continue to use some of these products, like we do, we do have Sarah, as you mentioned, a liver, we do have, <laughs> you know, are great. W- ways of, you know, detoxing some things. It's, it's about the, how much you're overloading your body and how healthy your body is to begin with. Someone like me with MTHFR and multiple autoimmune diseases, like I don't want to add this load to my body at all. But if you're a relatively healthy person and you just love your perfume and you can't give it up, like at least be aware that you're using something that is known to be problematic and Put it on your clothes instead of your person and don't spray it near your face where you can breathe it as you're, as you're spraying, because then mm. it's, how much worse is that? You know? Um, do you have a sense for like, when we're talking about things like scented gar- trash bags, scented toilet paper, air freshener? I mean, I would assume air fresheners is tons because those are like aerosolized right into the air, right? Gosh, yeah. There was actually a study done by a high school. I think it was in California a few years ago. And I think, I think the number that they found was like 86 undisclosed toxic chemicals when they did a study on um, the popular brand of air freshener that claims to neutralize instead mm. of cover up. Um, and so I think the the real problem is less about um, it being kind of like in the air, like for example, a trash bag is once it's there, it's there. I mean, you're getting like a little bit if it's in the air, obviously, because you're you're breathing that because you can smell it. If you yeah. can smell it, but it's entirely different than if you're like touching it or if you're walking through a cloud of it, right? So if like you're spraying air freshener and walking through that cloud, like that's that's increasing your exposure probably by like hundreds of times, you know. Oh, yeah. If not thousands or yeah, tens of thousands. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I used to use that stuff. I know. I I loved it. I mean, we have yeah. we have cats and dogs and Oh, it used to be part of my boys. cleaning routine. I would like, you know, vacuum and clean and then spray that particular product everywhere. Like it did was you, just part of. Did you see that Primally Pure came out with something called a room spray? This is not sponsored in any sort of way, but. <laughs> I really love it, um, especially because, you know, cats, dogs, and stinky boys, and I've been stuck in the house. But they had a summer one. I don't think it's available anymore. Now they come out with an autumn have, one. I have one. I think it's 
probably like two or three ago because we don't use products like that very much mm -hmm. anymore. Um, but it's been particularly useful with how much time my 13-year-old daughter is spending in her room with the door closed. <laughs> um, I, I realize daughters are not – it's not the same as sons. Like it's not – teenage boy is definitely the pinnacle of uh, pheromone smell. But teenage girls is – there's still, there's still a distinct – thing happening um and so we're fortunately like our weather is just changing this week so we're getting into like window open without making the house 90 degrees um season so that's gonna help out a lot as well um and she's got a really good hepa filter fan in her room as well like we're, we're pulling out all the stops i mean really what we just need to do is like do one of those like wash the carpets wash everything um and just clean all of the smell out of her room and then start fresh. But in the meantime, yeah, I, I have, I don't, I don't even know how I got it. Um, at some point someone gave me <laughs> a bottle of the primal pure and it, it works really well and it's essential oil based. So I like it. Yes. We'll put a link in the show notes for everybody, but um, I also like it a lot as well. I had a, I have a cat who's not very happy about being inside and we're cleaning, but, because when you don't use like toxic cleaners with heavy fragrance, mm -hmm. it's still like a lingering like, mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. So um, between that and boys, yes, I have been using it anyway. So there are alternatives to some of these things, and um, we also I did successfully switch Matt to not only fragrance free trash bags but I actually found one that uses recycled ocean material to Ooh. make trash bags um uh, so I've been purchasing because it's been part of my uh trying to uh, I mean it's I we're not a zero waste household but we are um still even with uh COVID trying our best to we've switched entirely to um renewable bamboo paper products and um, we've dramatically reduced our plastic usage. Um, and one of the things that I've been able to find is recycled plastic trash bags, but I don't think it's ocean plastic. So that's cool. I'll, it's like, I'll put a, they're scooping it the out of, but... they're scooping it out of like the giant floating mounds of plastic trash in the ocean. And then that's awesome. Yeah. I want to support that company. Okay. Yeah. They, they, and they have another one also. They have two kinds, and but that's the kind that we ended up going with that we like. I, we tried them both out. And both of them were great. Like, a lot of these things, when you use, like, the recycled um, plastic, they're not very substantial. And so, you know, we would have... <laughs> like busted open trash bags or it wouldn't fit right in the trash can mm -hmm. or, you know, we ended up just really liking this one. And so we're good to go. Anyway, um, we're moving on. To... We're moving on. We're moving on. I, I feel like we need these little asides just to like water down. <laughs> water down how like... awful all of these ingredients <laughs> yeah. are that are in everything we use. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So we've got three more like classes. So the next one is parabens. I um, actually, like on a personal note, parabens was one of the first things that I discovered um, triggered my psoriasis. And because I've had psoriasis since I was like 16, mostly scalp psoriasis. Um, I've only had a couple times in my life where I've had uh, psoriasis elsewhere. And um, and I've had, I mean, it was one of the very first things was like finding paraben-free shampoos for me. Um, so I'm, I'm always like interested in 
when I can draw like a, a direct line to my own personal experience, that's to me, that's always like, oh, ha, now I understand why. Um, so parabens are typically used as preservatives. Um, so they, they basically prevent the, the growth of um, bacteria or um, fungi that might cause spoilage of a product. Um, and they're quite well known to be endocrine disruptors. And the, the two that have been in particular um, banned are what are called the long chain parabens. So there are isobutyl parabens and isopropyl parabens. And these are basically the, the worst offenders in terms of endocrine receptors. So they have the strongest estrogenic activity among all of the parabens that are widely used in personal care products. So the consequence of them having really strong, they basically are estrogen mimics. So they have pretty strong reproductive toxicity, but they're also strongly um, now associated with um, estrogen-related cancers, like some forms of breast cancer. Um, so that's, um, they're basically like the worst offenders in the, the fairly large chemical class that is parabens. Um, and they're found in shampoos, in conditioners, in lotions, um, in uh, cleansers, right? So facial cleansers, uh, shower um, washes and scrubs. Um, so they're, they're sort of a, a thing. It's weird when you think about it, you would think that soap wouldn't grow bacteria. Why would we need it? Yeah. That's a good question. Why is it in shampoo and, um, cleansers? I they're think, supposed to... is it part of like a preservative? Well, yeah, you said it's a preservative. So they're, preservative. It's because they're using not just soap, but like the first ingredient is often water or different kinds of things mm -hmm. that can actually It's grow. aqua. It's not water. Come on. <laughs> You're right. What aqua. was I thinking? <laughs> uh, aqua is water, just in case our listeners were. It's uh, yeah. It's not. That's a funny labeling uh, quirk. How often do we see aqua instead of water all I the guess time? Because all they the don't time. want you to know that you just paid twenty dollars for a, a bottle for that a diluted water. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and think of all the you could like reduce the plastic by having it in a smaller container, yeah. or, like all of the things. Yeah. All right. So those are the long chain parabens. They're uh, going to be banned, or are yes, Governor Newsom still needs to sign it, right? Uh, so the other ones are. Oh, I gotta. I gotta pronounce this one. Phenylene diamine. Phenylene, phenylene diamine. Diamine. It's, it's actually yes. kind of a new one for me, so I don't even know if you're properly pronouncing it, but I'm sure you are. We're gonna we're gonna totally pretend that I am. Um and uh any of our um like chemist listeners are are shouting, it's diamine. No, I'm pretty sure it's diamine. Mm, amine. Yeah. Uh these chemicals <laughs> um, <laughs> are uh, fairly, uh, so they're well known. What's really interesting is they have really strong uh, mutagenic properties, which um, uh, mutations in our DNA and when they build up on our cells is what leads to, or one of the things that leads to cancer. Um, and they specifically have um, mutagenic activity when they're mixed with hydrogen peroxide which happens to happen all the time because these phenylene diamines are a common ingredient in hair dyes. And of course, if you get your hair dyed, you might get this piece bleached and then it's mixed with the hair dye to 
tone the whatever. This is I I don't I don't know you're, all you're, the, when the it's hair li- when it's a hair lightener. Yes, when you're going yes anything other than darker or temporary on your hair, um, it almost always includes hydrogen peroxide as a way to as lift light- your own color to yeah. deposit the new color. Yes. So, uh, so the even though those two chemicals might not be in the same product, they might be in two products that are used at the same time. And so then they're mixing together on your head and then become mutagens. <laughs> um, it's terrible. not funny, but um, the way that you're like, <laughs> it's mutating on your head. <laughs> no, it's mutating your head. I mean, that's, yes. Um so they're they're basically they're in a lot of different types of especially permanent hair dyes, um, and again it's it, they um, they potentially have some carcinogenic um, activity. They can also cause skin sensitization, which basically means skin like irritation um, as well. And um, oh, there's um, some organ system toxicity, just a little bit. Um, so that's especially when ingested. So there's like this type of poisoning that comes with accidentally consuming hair dyes um, that causes renal failure. And it's that poisoning is caused by diamines. But I know in particular when I've gotten my hair dyed before, which I haven't in many, many years um, lightened my hair. When you sit under the hair dryer where it is heating and steaming that hair dye that's sitting on your hair, I remember coughing a lot. Like it was burning my scalp and then I would be coughing a lot. And now looking back on that, what was happening is I was ingesting this, the steam and the air from these chemicals that were mixing together. And then my body was telling me this isn't right, right? If, yeah. you're, if you're feeling your scalp burn and itch, like that's not a sign of, oh, it's working, <laughs> right? Like that's a sign no. of your body is telling you something's not right and um so while I'm sure ingesting it is like straight up ingesting it is, you know, major problem. It's also that low level of exposure that can really be problematic, like sitting there for 40 minutes under a hair dryer and just breathing in the air of it, you know? Well, and especially like depending on, you know, the, the length of your hair and what, you know, what color you, your hair normally is versus what color you're trying to maintain, you know, you might be doing a treatment like this every four weeks or, you know, maybe it's six or eight or 12, right? Like, but it's, um, it's a frequent exposure is what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not just that you, you do it once and then it grows out and it's great. I mean, I, for no, some this people, is why there was but... that study, um, done to show specifically that it increases, um, I think it was specifically breast cancer, but, I think cancer in general to the more you dye your hair and put treatments on your hair, which this would also be probably in something like a relaxer and different things like that, um, that need to change the DNA of your hair. Like that's essentially what you're doing, what you're trying to do, which makes sense why this particular ingredient would be successful at that. Right. You can find cleaner. I know everybody's like, girl, it's 2020. You can't take away my hair dye. I got you. Or some people are actually using this <laughs> no, opportunity I, to like grow it out I'm, and just say, that's you know, what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm a like, lot of people. I'm like, I my hair is not getting any. I'm I'm only washing it twice a month right now. That is the level of care, <laughs> oh and gosh. I am not joking. I wash it every other Sunday, 
and it's in a uh, messy bun for a week and a half. Um, That's and more hardcore of, than I can every go. Two weeks, um, I am loving it. I love not paying any attention to my hair and my hair seems to be fine. It seems to be fine. It's, well, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate in that it's not a concern that I need to have because despite now being in my 40th year of life in my having my last birthday of my 30s last week, I only have ever found like a few gray hairs in random spots on my head. So it's easier for me to say like, oh, I don't dye my hair. Um, I'm not sure what decision I would make otherwise, but I can tell you that I have done in the past few years, there are specifically temporary dyes. I know that's not what you want to hear, but the harsh chemicals are what make something permanent on your head. So you can go, like Sarah said, every four weeks or um, whatever that case may be for you and get temporary color yeah. put on your that's hair. also henna is now available in a lot of different colors it's not just orange anymore yeah I did henna I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I recommend that um it's just you can't control the color it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what you do and then it's you could you can do that and I did it for years it's just not what I would personally recommend but so I'm going to say that henna is more sophisticated now and there's even like Morocco methods which is still the um hair care line that I've been using for uh, approximately 7,000 years um I I don't I don't know a long time many many years now um they even have like a colorless henna that is just a conditioner treatment so um that would be if you're going like oh I don't want to give up at hair dye um, but I want to get, make sure I'm not being exposed to these chemicals. I, I do recommend checking out Morocco methods because they do have quite a few different colors of henna available. And I've found, I've, I know not everyone loves their products, but I love their products. Um, and actually my scalp adjusting to the products is why I can now go two weeks between shampooing without having a greasy mess. So, um, that took a long time. I'm not saying you can just jump into that, but, um, yeah, I, I I definitely send my my endorsement their way. Well, if you are trying to figure out what to do because you are traumatized by this list that's not even complete yet, um, just one you more. can just one more. You can also just Google like organic blank salon in your area and see. I mean. I drive 40 minutes to go to a non-toxic nail salon. I've been twice in 2020 and they're, you know, very safe and they follow all the protocols and all that kind of stuff that are required by our state. I've decided that it's just not worth it for me and I've gone back to doing it myself again. But, um, you know, if, if you're trying to find someone that has, you know, um, safer maybe it's not like the best because you don't want to do henna at home yourself but let's say you want to do safer and find you can absolutely google it like I know that that sounds basic Mm -hmm. but you know just follow the leads on you know uh, you might see like a Yelp review come up and then just go read and find where it says the best person and you know blah 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 like spend 20 and ask questions yeah like you know give them a call and and ask questions I um the hairdresser that I see here uses a organic non-toxic line. He doesn't use any permanent dyes. And um, 
And that just, you know, like it was recommendation, friend of a friend. And then it was questions. And then I was like, yay. Um, and so I miss him. I, I'm sure he doesn't listen to the show, but Brandon, I miss you. <laughs> I think we, I think we all miss being able to get out of our house and being pampered. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I do. I, yes. <laughs> I, yes. I, 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 I miss normalcy. The uh, unfortunate save, thing was when I went out, when I went out of my house to do that and I had this like vision in my head of how it was going to be, but then like we were all wearing masks and behind yeah, like wasn't a normal. plastic shield. I'm like, no, this is not giving me like the vibe that I was hoping for. It's not the thing. No. All right. One more. Um, so this is uh, polyfluoral alkyl substances, um, which are also called the forever chemicals, PFAS. Um, and they, um, they've been linked to all kinds of, of problems. So they're carcinogenic. They are immunotoxic, which is uh, really, really terrible for all of our listeners with autoimmune conditions. So there's really strong links in the literature um, between like immunotoxic environmental toxins in general and autoimmune disease. So, um, just anytime you, you hear something like damages your immune system, it's like super not good. We like our immune systems, uh, it causes liver damage, which is not cool after we're talking about how great our livers are for filtering things out. Um, it also is, uh, because it's an endocrine disruptor, it causes uh, harm to the reproductive system and to developing fetuses. Um, and so, you know, we think of PFAS as being a, like the thing in Teflon, right? That makes Teflon not stick and then also bad. Um, and so if you're sort of like looking for um like non-toxic, non-stick pans, like PFAS-free is like one of the things that you're looking for. Um, It turns out that non-stick is a thing that you would also find in a variety of cosmetics, which is totally weird to me. Um, Dental floss, uh, nail polish, um, it's in eye makeup, and it's in um, facial moisturizers which, uh, is crazy because this is, I mean, unlike the reason why it's called a forever chemical is because it doesn't seem to ever leave, right. It doesn't break down. Um, and so we don't really even still know what, how it builds up in the human body. So this is one of those chemicals that, um, like we need to get rid of in everything. It needs to be not made anymore like that it's we have discovered super bad I want to point out what you said about it being in dental floss that's where I've seen and read about it being the most harmful in personal care products and such an easy switch to make Um, Mm -hmm. especially if when you're flossing if you ever see blood like imagine you just put those PFAS straight into your bloodstream like that's that's not something I'm interested in so um there are a multitude of brands out there that don't have um, that coating on them. So I can think of a brand called Cocoa Floss that uses coconut as a way to essentially coconut oil lubricates mm-hmm. the string instead of PFAS so that, you know, it still glides in and out of your teeth, um, but doesn't have the harmful chemicals. We use one that's like... Um, a bamboo based. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say mine, I think is 
Mine is... I don't like the string kind. I think, like, my fingers are too big for my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So we use... We we found a brand that uses, like, bamboo as a, you know, non-plastic way that's PFAS-free. It's not... I, I wish that I could just use the cocoa floss string because I do think that that's like the best in terms of for you and the planet. But if it means that I'm flossing less, that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I can't even remember the brand that, that I use because I just like found it. It's I found it in a store and then I got it again online. But I honestly, I can't. I'm completely blanking on what it is. Um, but they're, the the strings are like black and have like, coconut oil and like some kind of charcoal for, for, um, helping to remove stains from between the teeth. Um, I'll see if I can, I can track down what brand it is and we can put it into the, into the show notes. Um, but yeah, dental floss is, is a hard one. Um, and it's still really important to floss. Let's just, it's just really good when the dentist says, this is one of actually one of the things that I've, I've, really tried to do in 2020 is like, I can't, I feel like, well, I'm not going to see my dentist, right? I'm not like, nobody can fix things for me anymore. So I have to actually really do the thing. And so it's been one of those like flossing every day has been one of the things that's made it onto my to-do list. I'm taking like way better care of my skin. Like, it's just like, I, I don't want to leave the house to go to the professional to fix the thing that I, because I didn't do the work that I was supposed to do on a daily basis. Um, so I was just kind of like throw that out there as, uh, even though flossing, uh, your dental floss might have bad chemicals. It's still important to floss. So we can just find, you can just find some better flossers. Agreed. Well, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground to the show. Thanks for hanging in. Hopefully, although we had all this kind of uh, Debbie Downer talk here at the end, uh, I want to remind you of the good news, which is that California is paving the way for hopefully the rest of the country to follow suit eventually. And we um, hope to see both of these bells become formally and officially signed by Governor Newsom relatively quickly. If you're in California, go ahead and shoot him a quick note and say how proud you are that he's about to sign it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we don't, we don't anticipate any problems or else I wouldn't be on here and talking about it. As we mentioned at the top of the show, California has, you know, other priorities right now, given that these are both um, future 2022 and 2025 changes. Um, you know, completely understand where the priorities lie right now, but so grateful that we're finally seeing some change in this area, especially given how very, very far behind United States is compared to um, Europe and Canada and basically any other first world country. So thanks for hanging in and we will be sharing our further real thoughts (laughs) over on Patreon. So hopefully you'll stop by there and um, come support us as part of our Patreon fam. And if you have follow-up questions, if you have comments, suggestions, compliments you want to send our way, we love hearing from you either on social media or via our email. You can always sign up for our newsletters on our website and um, submit any questions that you have on the forms there. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. Do you love the Whole View podcast? 
We'd love for you to leave us a review wherever you listen and share a podcast with your friends and family. And did you know that you can now get exclusive behind-the-scenes content on Patreon for less than the price of an almond milk matcha a month? Your Patreon membership supports us and gets you access to a monthly bonus episode. But not for kids' ears, because our bonus content is explicit. You can find us as The Whole View on Patreon for our real, unfiltered thoughts on this week's episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.